for recording. I can't believe I actually made it to California. Here I am. And I woke up to room. Uh, Sarah, first off, her flight was like 11 a.m. And I woke up. She was freaking out. She's like, I'm not going to make my flight. I don't know what's going on. I barely even packed all my stuff. I, I can't. I can't get there on time. I'm for sure going to miss my flight. I am so hungover. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So I get, I'm like, I literally am so flustered. You would have thought that it was like a 6 a.m. flight. It was an 11 a.m. flight, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time flight. So we only right. had to get there by like 9 30 because we both have TSA pre check. So I get to the airport. I'm all flustered. Our Uber driver's talking to us the entire way there. I'm like, are we, are we going to make it? Are we going to, he's like, you're going to make it. I'm like, all right. Then I get there. It's a zoo and I'm, I'm already wow. stressed. That we're going to miss our flight toiletries and one of the check bags. Well, lo and behold, I checked the wrong bag. All of <laughs> Travis's clothes were checked and the I, attempted, worst. I attempted to carry onto the plane, all of my full size toiletries. And I was horrified and mortified. And Travis was looking at me like I had 10 heads, like how, why would you ever send me through security with this back? Like it obviously <laughs> has all sorts of four ounce and above toiletries in it that, you know, are not allowed. So yes, my head was on a cloud, but I did finally make it. Well, I think there's one lesson to be learned from, from your experience on a plane or this experience on the plane. And it's to never drink too much tequila the night before you have to get up and get on a plane to fly to San Diego or know, anywhere for that matter. I know, you know, what? I always say whenever I get too drunk, especially on a night like that, I got drunk on accident. Like it was just like, we Those were most those are honestly the most fun nights in the entire world though. So yes, I can't, blame. I can't really blame you, but yeah. I'm also not a huge fan of tequila. So that kind of skeeps me out a little. Sarah yeah, was so mom shots, shots of tequila. Yeah. Shots of tequila. And I was with mom. And so we went to like basically a shotgun wine tasting where they had us taste like six glasses of wine oh, in yeah. under 45 minutes. And then we met dad and got oysters and margaritas. And I took a shot for Amber on Instagram. I, it was just like a really, I, I don't remember getting but home before so. the shots were, were had by mind you, Sarah texted the family group chat and said, mom and I have been here at the wine tasting for 30 minutes. And we've already had seven glasses of wine. It literally <laughs> was like the lady was just rolling through those wine, that wine. And I was like, all right, well, I mean, got to keep up if I want to know what, what food she's going to pair with which wine. And then yes, <laughs> We moved on to the tequila and you know, who also had too much tequila last week, Christine, oh. Tom Brady. Oh yeah. Nice. At the Super Bowl nice. at the Super Bowl parade in Tampa Bay it was on February 10th, which was a week from, it was like this past Wednesday. So it was like a random day during the week. I thought for sure they would at least do it on like a Friday. He was lit. Him and the whole team were lit, but Tom Brady was lit on another level. He was yeah. on one. Yeah. So for those of you that didn't see it, they did it in boats. So instead of so having fun. like- I wish I was there. Right. So instead of having like the standard, like, um, Super Bowl parade where everybody gets on, like they're basically floats and they drive down like the center city of whatever city that they won, um, whatever team won, they did it in boats this year to keep the crowds smaller. Um, so they would only have like 10 ish people on a boat. Um, and they were distant. So I thought it was a really great idea. The police was there. So they were, you know, 
supervising the entire everyone got wasted tom brady ends up throwing the lombardi trophy from his boat to the boat behind him filled with all the other tampa bay players um and he threw it to his tight end cameron brait and i i mean my butt cheeks were clenching the entire time watching this video like he's he's not gonna he's not oh my god it is Christine his if you listen really closely to the video you can hear his daughter I think her name's like Vivian or something they call her Vi she's like no dad no 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 and he he throws it and Cameron Bright who obviously who caught the Lombardi trophy thank god said it was one of the most important catches of his life and he probably would have needed to retire if he would have dropped that so right can you imagine that's all that went through my head like oh my god oh my god what if it drops what if it sinks no you can't just like throw the Lombardi trophy into the ocean and just let it sink Yes, I know. I know. I, I, I mean, they were in a river, but all rivers connect to oceans. Right. So I literally was, again, we've talked about my, my spaghetti bowl of a brain. And I was like, oh my gosh, Tom Brady's lit. He throws the Lombardi trophy. If this guy drops it, are they going to have to send like an entire Tom Brady going to pay for a whole dive team? Are they going to drain the river? Yeah. Are they going to, right. Are they going to have to, I mean, they won't be able to drain the river, but they would have to scuba dive. They would have to put all of their scuba gear on and go to the bottom of the river and find the Lombardi trophy. And it's in a river. I mean, thank God these people are professional athletes that Tom Brady is a professional quarterback and knows how to throw a Lombardi trophy. And that Cameron Bray is a professional tight end and knows how to catch a Lombardi trophy because otherwise we'd have all seen the Lombardi trophy sink to the bottom like the, the titanic what's the di- what's the campus. diamond from the titanic the um diamond from the titanic the hope the, diamond the hope diamond just like the hope diamond it would be the most miserable thing in the whole world but i think what was fun too is that he was so lit and he saw these videos of himself and because he, he was just physically carried off of his boat at the end of the parade tom brady was because he was right. so drunk Right. But I think what's fun about it is that he poked fun at himself. He saw all these videos and he was, and he tweeted on um, Twitter, nothing to see here, just a little avocado tequila. (laughs) So back to your point at the beginning, Tom Brady does also love tequila and drink way too much of it after winning the Super Bowl, as he should. Well, we don't normally see Tom Brady like this, right? Right. It was kind of fun. We see Tom Brady all poised and put together and he wears his, you know, his sweaters with his khakis before the game. And he might throw on, you know, a rare pair of sneakers every once in a while, but it's typically loafers. And so seeing him cut up every once in a while is like, okay, Tom Brady, like I see you with your seventh Super Bowl ring in Tampa Bay, partying, partying on a $2 million boat. Apparently Mm. it was a $2 million boat that he bought specifically for this parade. And I'm just like, what is, what is, what is, what is your days? life, Tom Brady? What is what your is life? These but must be honestly, nice. while we're on Florida sports though, we do have to update y'all on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cause there is a whole bunch of drama going down in Jacksonville as of yes. Week. Yes. Okay. So I think we need to start by saying who the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars is going to be right. Because yeah. I think all of the drama around the strength and conditioning coach um, or the hiring of the strength and conditioning coach um, all kind of boils down to one person and it's urban. But let's also like explain where the drama is right now. So, so the Jacksonville Jaguars has, I guess they didn't fire him. He resigned Chris Doyle, who is their strength and fitness coach. So he resigned after alleged racist comments 
that were yep. being made in the locker room and to um, players. So that's kind of but where it, the drama is right, right now. But the, the racist comments were not, not that this matters, but they were not at Jacksonville. They were from when he was a college coach in Iowa. So got you, got you. Yes. Okay. So Urban Meyer is the new coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. His history is in college football. He was the coach at Ohio state. He was the coach at Florida and he is known for being one of, if not the most winningest head coach in college football. Winningest. Is that a word? Winning, winningest, winningest, the, the, the most, the most winning, the, the winningest coach. He's, he is the winningest coach in college football. Yes. I okay, think okay, okay. he might be. I'm pretty sure okay, he is. Okay. We'll have to double check and see. And I also am not sure if winning is a word, but we'll go with it. <laughs> so anyway, what he's also known for is yes, winning. But number two is he goes to these large universities and because beca- they hire him because he's known for winning. And what do all the colleges that have large football teams want to do and all the boosters they want to win. So they bring him in, but he's also known for not just winning, but kind of being buddy, buddy with his players and allowing them and not really holding them accountable for things outside of the field. So So more so being like a best friend rather than a coach. Correct. It's like having a parent that's a friend, right? A parent that wants to be your friend is, I mean, will be a good friend, but you don't necessarily have that parent figure that you need for disciplinary action. like that we had. Right. So like right now, I mean, we're, you know, in our late twenties, early thirties, we can be best friends with our parents. But when we were, you know, ages 18 to 21, our parents were still our parents and we had to face disciplinary action when we did something wrong. And urban Meyer, you know, is that parent figure for a lot of his players in college. And he just wanted to be their best friend. He did not want to be their coach. He did not want to be their disciplinarian. So at Florida, He um, had 30 players were arrested in six seasons. There were drug problems in the locker room and there was some sort of roster manipulation, which I'm not hundred percent positive what that is, but it is an NCAA violation. And before all of the charges came to fruition, he left the Florida program in crumbles in 2010 and said that they, it was because of health issues. Oh, So he leaves and resigns because of these health issues. And then two years later, after everything dies down, after all the PR dies down, Urban Meyer gets hired by the Ohio State University. So during his stay at the Ohio State University, he has an assistant coach and his assistant coach is convicted of abusing his wife. And the drama is that Urban Meyer knew about it and did nothing about it. And then before really they could do, they put him on administrative leave. Ohio state put Urban Meyer on administrative leave for like three games while they investigated whether he knew about his assistant coaches, um, domestic violence. And basically before they could finish the entire investigation, he left Ohio state in 2018 for what reason, Christine health reasons. What a little slime ball health reasons. And then guess what? Here we are. Two years later, he's being hired by the NFL and he's surrounding himself with all of these coaches. He said, as soon as he was hired to Jacksonville, that he was going to surround himself. He'd already been doing research. He was going to surround himself with a bunch of, you know, winning coaches and his strength and conditioning leader is 
freaking Chris Doyle. <laughs> Who's saying these remarks or, you know, alleged racist remarks to his team. Well, and this was again, back whenever he was in Iowa, but there were so many players that came forward that said, yes, so it wasn't a, I'm putting this in quote marks, a joking manner that he was saying all of these things, but it's, it doesn't like matter you how really, you say it. If you really did your research, Urban Meyer, you would absolutely know about these allegations. And if you want to surround yourself by positive people, you wouldn't have chosen Chris Doyle as your strength and conditioning coach. Right. But here's the thing. And this is where I think, you know, society kind of does um, a disservice is that the media has almost forgotten about Urban Meyer's Florida issues and his yeah. Ohio state issues, not, and it, I think maybe because urban Meyer knows how to milk the system. I mean, okay, Travis, I was pre prep prepping for this. And Travis was like, don't get too harsh on urban Meyer. Cause there are a lot of big fans out there of the Ohio state program of the Florida right, program of, of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm just saying, I definitely think this was very calculated his two, you know, leaving his last two positions as a college head, head coach, because it's almost like the media has forgotten about it. And that yeah. was just in 2018. So he probably thought, oh yeah, Chris Doyle, you said whatever you said back in Iowa, but look what happened to me. The media forgot what happened to me. They're probably going to forget what happened to you. So let's go ahead and hire you and see what happens. And less than 24 hours after Chris Doyle started, the media took off all the PR around his racist comments from Iowa picked back up and he needed to resign. So shame on you, urban Meyer, shame on you, Chris Doyle for saying what you said, but number one, shame on you, urban Meyer for thinking that just because you've skirt skirted around the media for this long, that everybody else can do the same. It's just not fair. Skirt, skirt, skirt. Honestly, skirt. I'm, I'm curious because Trevor Lawrence is going to now be the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm curious to see how Trevor Lawrence and urban Meyer, the head coach get along, uh, since both of their backgrounds are in college football. Yes. No, that's such a good point, Christine. And, and Trevor Lawrence again is presumably going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Presumably. Who, yes. Who have the very first pick in the first round of the NFL draft, which will be in April. Um, and so we would assume, and, and I think he's already been working out with the Jacksonville Jaguars too. So it's like pretty much assumed that he's going. So yes, it'll be very interesting to see yeah. the relationship between Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer. And also to just to, to kind of segue into what we're talking about next, Trevor Lawrence um, is a very, very obviously notable first round draft pick. But J.J. Watt, who plays for or played for the Houston Texans, was also a very famous first round draft pick from 2011. And he's now leaving the Houston Texans after 10 years, um, which is, yeah, it's a big deal because, I mean, he loves Houston fans. Yes. And I just think that there is a, I mean, I don't think he really came out with a reason to why he's leaving, but he has kind of made some comments and hinted to the fact that there's just a lot of toxic there's it's kind of a toxic environment and since since they fired their coach at the beginning of the season all the new coaches that have come in it's just he just said it's not the same right and i also think jj watt spent 10 years in the nfl and they've all been with the houston texans and so right. Yes, it is official that the Houston Texans and JJ Watt will be parting ways, but I think it was very 
um, commendable because JJ Watt came out on his own Twitter and said, I want you guys to hear this from me and nobody yeah. but me. And he did not, like you said earlier, kind of give us a reason why, but he did tell us in a, like a very commendable way. I went to the Houston Texans and I said, Hey, Mr. Owner of the Houston Texans, I went out and the owner of the Houston Texans, you know, basically allowed him to, you know, there, he, he was like, all right, we're parting ways. It's totally fine. We're on amicable, amicable terms. But I, I do kind of want to, this is more opinionated, obviously, but kind of explain why I think from JJ's perspective and the team's perspective, this, um, separation has been so amicable. So as you said earlier, the Houston Texans are kind of in a transition period. They're in a rebuild year as of next year, very notably Deshaun Watson, who is their quarterback has, I mean, is, is definitely going elsewhere. And now well, Jay, not yet. He not hasn't a, been, yeah, he hasn't been traded yet. He's, but he's been very, very vocal about how he wants to leave the Houston Texans and presumably fingers crossed, they will let him go too. They don't want to though. The Houston, yeah. they keep saying that they want to keep him. They want to keep him. Um, so they may have to keep, you know, they may keep him for the next year. Yeah. Um, kind so of, we'll kind of, it, it kind it, of, it kind of remind, it reminds me of the situation with, um, Le'Veon Bell from the Steelers because mm -hmm. he wanted to be released and or traded from the Steelers and they wouldn't do it. So what did he do? He just sat out, right? He sat out for the whole season. So he might have to make a point to Sean Watson. He might have to make a point if he really wants to leave, but he's just such an honorable guy. I really don't think that he's going to do that. I yep. think he's really, really hopeful that he will be traded because he does not want to play for the Houston Texans anymore. Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot of drama going down in Houston overall, right? So Christine's point earlier, the, the coach got fired in, at the very beginning of the 2020 season. They've had an interim head coach. Um, I'm not even sure who their new coach is or what their new coaching staff is like. The Sean Watson came out and basically said, I don't want to play here anymore. JJ Watt is, you know, was so angry because he thought some of his players um, or his teammates were, you know, throwing games. And there was that very notable PR interview that he gave about how, you know, he's there in day in and day out for the fans and he can't, you know, imagine ever blowing a game on purpose, but right. that's kind of just like the aura going on in Houston. And so I think all of that kind of, you know, feeds into him wanting to leave. But I also think that JJ being that he's 10 years into the, his NFL career and has only been with the Houston Texans, you know, the Houston Texans have never been to a Super Bowl, right? They've he never won a Super Bowl. And I do think that JJ wants a Super Bowl and he doesn't want to stay with the Houston Texans for the next, however many years that they need to rebuild their program to make themselves a Super right. Bowl contending team. I think, I think Deshaun Watson too, I, he, he's backing up Deshaun Watson with his decision that he wants to leave. And that was kind of icing on the cake for JJ Watt, right? Because I mean, right. he, he wasn't very happy with the Houston Texans either. And then Deshaun Watson said he wanted to leave and he just kind of had his back with that. So from JJ's perspective, yes, it's a little bit of a toxic environment. No, he does not want to be with the Houston Texans over the next, you know, two years while they're rebuilding. And, mm -hmm. you know, obviously he wants a Super Bowl. So from the team's perspective, you know, why would the team let JJ go so amicably, right? So I had to do a little bit of research here. The team is really looking out, not just for 
good PR because they always want to keep their name, you know, in pristine ranks with the media, but also because JJ Watt just finished his, finished his fifth year of a six year, $100 million contract. And the biggest year's payout was going to be next season. So the 2021 2022 season. And so it allows Houston. I think we've talked about salary cap or I know we have with the NBA. I'm not sure if we've talked about it with the NFL yet, but they have not come out with the salary cap for next season, but it allows Houston to pick up some larger caliber players by freeing up that salary cap space of the 17 and a half million dollars that they will no longer need to pay JJ. I think the best case scenario, I mean, there's been a lot of speculation too about, you know, where's JJ going to go? Where is Deshaun Watson going to go if he were to be traded? Obviously, I think the best case scenario would be Deshaun Watson would come to the Panthers. Yes, I would love that. I would love that. There's been so much talk around Charlotte, Christine, around would you let Christian McCaffrey go and take Deshaun yes, Watson? We, and my we answer spoke is- about that at the cabin at the, um, on our ski trip. Yes. 100%. Everybody was like, no, no, we shouldn't let uh, Christian McCaffrey go. Why would we do that? He's the best. And what did I say? We need a quarterback. Bye-bye Christian. We need a quarterback, a good, reliable quarterback. Love you. Love your girlfriend. Love your dog even more than, than the two of you as a couple. (laughs) <laughs> but running backs, like we have an amazing backup in sure. Mike Davis. And if we could put Mike Davis behind Deshaun Watson, I mean, lit Christine, just straight fire. I am yep. so excited about the potential for it. And the question is, do you think, I mean, okay. So there was this, this is me. I'm putting on like my um, conspiracy theorist hat right now. Um, but I saw the Panthers just released one of our biggest defensive linemen, Kwan short today, um, because he's been injured, had injury after injury the last two years. Um, and he's getting paid a bunch. So obviously we needed to free up some cap space too. So I'm wondering JJ? If, we got, if we got Deshaun and JJ, in Carolina, JJ I mean, is? our weather is, you know, not as mild as Texas. We definitely have some cold days, but it would be such an easy adjustment. And we would love you probably more than the Houston Texans fans love Deshaun and JJ, JJ. So come JJ, to Carolina. Deshaun, are you hearing this? Are you hearing this? We need you in Carolina. Yes, come, come to Carolina and play for the Panthers. But honestly, like we, like I said before, though, there's lots of speculation too where Deshaun Watson's going to go. I think wherever he goes, that team's going to be upgrading by a, a lot be, by getting Deshaun Watson. I think it's going to be great for any team. And I know all this drama that's been going on in the NFL, but there's also been a lot of COVID drama mm-hmm. um, in the NBA and the NCAA recently. And there yeah. have been a lot of games that have been postponed and players that have tested positive more so in the NCAA, which is college basketball, because obviously they're in college. These players are going out and partying after the games, you know, no mass, nobody cares about COVID. And then, you know, there are these, the teams that are finding out that the team they're supposed to be playing is 
out partying without masks and they don't want to play them. So they're going to cancel the game. Right. So I, I agree with you. The NCAA obviously has had a more difficult time with enforcing COVID protocol because I mean, Christine, these kids, they're 18 to 21 years old. Right. You know? they're I such mean, a baby. they're babies. They're, I mean, at the end of the day, yes, this could potentially mean that they're going to be moving into the NBA and playing professionally someday. But as of right now, they're student athletes. Everyone's tested for COVID as it is. So stay with your team and go in some and go into somebody's hotel room. I don't know. I mean, yeah. but these teams are finding out the teams that are supposed to be playing them are finding out that they're doing this. And they're like, well, you could have contracted COVID while you were at this party, you know, without any mask on, we don't want to play you because that's how it gets spread. It's so contagious. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, okay. So UNC beat Duke and the players went to a little house party where they were having a good time, but they did not have masks on. And after the video footage was leaked and the other teams are now canceling games against UNC, I think Virginia Tech tonight was supposed to play UNC and they're not playing them. So it's, I mean, it is a, it's just an awful scenario. I feel so bad for these college athletes needing to live through COVID in general, let alone, you know, be a part of a multi multi-million, if not billion dollar, you know, college basketball industry to fill all of the coaches pockets with money. And I mean, they're not getting paid for it. So yes, I mean, obviously it's an amazing opportunity for them to be able to play college basketball, but it's just difficult. I mean, it's just a very difficult situation. So I feel for them, but the NBA has done a really great job with, um, you know, I think the players, the coaches, everybody has done a phenomenal job until recently. There were really only like, there were a very, very few number of games up until the beginning of January that needed to be postponed or canceled in the NBA because of COVID. But since mid-January, almost 30 games have needed to be canceled or postponed because some players have contracted COVID or there's been contract tracing, tracing, it's crazy. Are they not playing in the bubble still? I mean, the bubble was, I feel like contained everything so well. That's how they went the whole year really without a single COVID case. Well, I think the bubble can only hold a certain number of teams and they did playoffs at the bubble. So I think that they will most likely once the playoffs start kind of move back into a bubble setup, a bubble format, but there's just too many teams in the NBA as a whole to move everybody to a bubble format. So I think that's unfortunate. mm -hmm. So I think they're trying to kind of, you know, do the best that they can while they're still playing in arenas. Obviously there's no fans that have been allowed except for in a couple of States. I think Atlanta, we were talking about courtside Karen and how she was, sitting on the sideline in Atlanta. Um, so obviously there are some states, some, some teams that allow some fans, but the majority of the stadiums aren't allowing any fans. Um, Cody Zeller got on his story a couple weeks ago and said, you know, there are very strict rules after the game Cody, that, that they, um, you know, they can't go out anywhere. And so they're just kind of confined to their houses with their families and they get on a plane and they fly and play and it's very very controlled and I think the players in the NBA have done a really good job of following along and making sure that the rules are being followed so that they don't have any COVID issues until recently obviously I'm kind of surprised they don't put professional athletes on the top of the list to be vaccinated for the vaccine or to be vaccinated for COVID I don't even think about that I'm honestly surprised by that because 
I mean, obviously they're all very, very healthy individuals, but um, which normally would put you at the bottom of the list, but all of America watches professional sports. So I'm kind of surprised that they weren't put as a priority whenever the vaccine came out. That's a really good point. I don't even, I don't even know what the plan is for the vaccine. Um, and maybe, maybe, maybe they have said that professional athletes are going to get it before all of the rest of us will get it. Who knows? But I think that's a really good point. And I'd also be curious if they do get the vaccine, a lot of people experience bad side effects mm-hmm. like the flu and, you know, body aches and fevers. So I'd be curious how that, I mean, cause the NBA plays games almost like every other day. It's crazy. Right. They have so many games. Right. And if they don't have a game every other day, there's like one every three game or every three days. So, so how would they work that the vaccine into yes. the, yeah. Because if they're going to get side effects, most likely it's going to last for one to two days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm sure you're not going to feel great to play a basketball game on the third day, you know? So that's I'd be such a good point how they do that, but and maybe that's a reason that they're not doing it. Yeah. Maybe they're going to wait until the season's over to do it, but I just hope, you know, when this is all said and done and March madness comes around, I just really hope that it's not canceled this year because they had, to, that was like one of the first big, actually that I'm pretty sure that was the first big event that was canceled last year. It was, uh, was March it was like, madness um, in 2020. I think we all realized once March madness was canceled last year that like, oh my, okay. Like this is, this is a big this, deal. This is a big deal, right? Like they're not doing March madness. They're not doing the, you know, the college basketball tournament that we look forward to every single year. And they're not even, you know, not doing it without fans. They're not doing it. I mean, they're not doing it period because they were so nervous about COVID. So I'm hoping that the college basketball programs can get it together so that selfishly we can have March madness because we would love to do brackets with you guys because it would just give us even more to talk about right out of my mouth, Sarah. I was like, we're going to have to do some sort of fun bracket. Um, some kind of game with, with the cis squad whenever March Madness comes around. Yeah. But last but not not least, we have to tell everyone what games we're going to be looking out for this upcoming week. We have a couple NBA games that are going to be really good. And we've got a couple NCAA games that are going to be really good. And first and foremost, Friday night, the jazz plays the Clippers at the Clippers. So who you got Sarah? Uh, I think that <laughs> I know nothing about both of these teams. So uh, I want to say that the Clippers um, have, I'm literally searching. Hold on. I'm searching. Hold on. Yes. The Los Angeles Clippers. Okay. So I think <laughs> that the Clippers are going to beat the Jazz because I don't know anybody who's on the Jazz and the Clippers have been killing it this year. And I think Kawhi Leonard plays for them. So he does. Clippers. But the Jazz is the best in the West for now. So I am going to choose the Jazz. Oh, I'll go figure. We choose different <laughs> teams. What do you know about that? Saturday. The Warriors play the Hornets. I'm so excited for this. Steph Curry's coming home, baby. I think this game is canceled. Oh, shut up. Shut up. I swear. Oh my gosh. Let me look and see. I'm pretty pretty sure the I'm sure. I'm pretty sure it's yeah. Yeah. No, I was so excited. 
No, it's not. No, it's not. Okay. The bowls at the Hornets is postponed for COVID. The nuggets at the Hornets is postponed because of COVID, but the very first game as of right now, that is back from COVID is when the Warriors are playing the Hornets in Charlotte. And yes, you're right. Steph Curry is coming home. I think we've talked about him like literally every single episode we have like i know sessions with the curry family but they're i guess we have a crush on them without even knowing that we have a crush on them yes i seriously love the curries i mean but i love all the female curries too i mean me too even the even the baby curries yes serious the baby curries right exactly (laughs) the whole kit and caboodle the whole family so anyway I do think, I think we've talked about this before. Steph Curry has been killing it this season. He's been doing wonderful. He's, I mean, splashing. He's, he's, he's on his, his way to getting the most three points. Yeah. Three pointers. That's right. That's right. So he's going to be breaking records. If not this season, definitely next season. Um, but I think he's really the only player on his team that's doing anything. And the Hornets have just been so fun to watch. I mean, LaMelo ball, if he doesn't win rookie of the year, it's a crying shame. So he has been so consistent. They've been fun to watch. We've been beating people. I'm pretty sure we're over 500 now. I just like really enjoy the Hornets and I'm a Hornets fan. So obviously I'm choosing the Hornets. Me too. I'm definitely going to choose the Hornets this time. I think, like you said, to your point, Steph Curry is the only one on the team that's really carrying. Actually, he's carrying the Warriors. All right. Well, the other Saturday game is the Heat versus the Lakers. Lakers. Yeah, same. I have the Lakers. (laughs) All right. I'm surprised that we're actually choosing the same teams. This never happens. We were off on the Clippers and the Jazz, but to be honest, I have really no idea who's going to win. I just, when I think Kawhi Leonard and, and getting beat by the Jazz, who I know absolutely nothing about, I, yeah, I'm going to choose the Clippers, but we'll see. Um, all right, so NCAA now. So we're off to on to college basketball. So okay. Saturday, WVU is playing Texas. So WVU is ranked number 13 and Texas is ranked number 12. And WVU just had this um, upset over Oklahoma over the week, over last weekend. And I chose West Virginia and you chose, actually, I got that wrong. Never mind. (laughs) I chose Oklahoma and Oklahoma won. (laughs) Wait, I thought you just said West Virginia just upset Oklahoma. I got it literally all twisted. No, Oklahoma beat West Virginia. So you were right, basically, is what you're trying to say. What's right? Whatever. Anyways, I think West Virginia. Okay, so West Virginia is the underdog again. Yep. Well, the West Virginians, the Mountaineers, I mean, never miss an opportunity to burn couches. And I think that it would be very sad for the fan base if they weren't able to burn a couch if they didn't beat. Who are they playing? Texas. If they didn't beat Texas. So I think West Virginia is going to win purely so their fans can burn couches. I have Texas winning. Why do we always do this? (laughs) I literally have no, I have no rhyme or reason for any of my picks. Like, especially when it comes to like college football and, and like NBA, like I know enough about them, but like, I don't know like the ins and outs of all the teams. So a lot of these are just guesses and it's kind of crazy that Christine and I keep guessing the opposite team. So anyway, moving on. I got, I got Texas for that one. And then last is UVA versus Duke. Duke's not even ranked this year, which is kind of surprising. And UVA is ranked number seven. Well, 
UVA sucks a hundred percent of the time. Sorry, all you UVA fans out there. I was waiting. I went to Virginia tech. And so anything Navy and orange, it literally makes me nauseous and I cannot stand to ever cheer for UVA. So I am picking Duke Duke. and upset UVA because it doesn't matter what UVA is ranked. Coach K is going to go wherever he needs to go and show UVA who's number one in the ACC. I mean, when's Coach K going to retire? I mean, I feel like he's been the coach forever. I know. And his hair is still perfectly jet black. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he does it. I don't know. Maybe how some he box dye. All right. I have UVA. Sorry, Sarah. Christine. <laughs> I like how All you right. just tried to sneak that one in there and then try and end it really quick. That's rude. All right, oh, that man. wraps up this episode of Sportses. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to our podcast, like us and follow us on Instagram. And we will, am I missing anything? No, see you next week. Bye-bye. We'll see you next week. Mwah.